Is it just me or is this cave starting to take on water? My feet are wet. Oh, hi! Welcome once again to Citanium Mine. On this episode, we're going to be talking about Windbound. And hey, if you ever wanted to sail your own ship and build it out, this is the game for you. So the concept of Windbound is that you end up uh, stranded, shipwrecked, on an island. And so in order to survive, you need to obviously find food to eat, but then also need to explore, adapt, navigate, and eventually sail off to other islands while fending off some pretty nasty little critters along the way, uncovering the secrets of the Forbidden Islands. And in order to do this, you actually go through several different chapters. As you go through those chapters, you also learn a lot more about the fate of these islands, the people that were there, and what happened beforehand, and you uncover and unlock new, more dangerous enemies along the way. The structure of the game is interesting. If you've ever played a survival game, this is definitely going to have elements of that. In fact, there is a survival mode, which is supposed to be essentially the main mode, although I did find myself throwing it into the basic adventure very quickly. There is a big reason for that, which is what happens when you die and the difficulty therein. Even when you're dealing with very small creatures, like the initial creatures that you deal with at the beginning, they are just damage sponges in survivalist mode. They just, it takes so much to kill them, and when they hit you, uh, yeah, you're gonna be taking quite a bit of damage. And in order to recover from that, you're gonna need quite a bit of food on you and be able to eat it fairly quickly. So, I, I wasn't enjoying that, especially because when you do die in survival mode, your boat is lost, and almost everything in your inventory is lost except for a handful of held items that are denoted as, like, the initial spaces that you have. If you had a backpack on and any other kinds of equipment or anything like that, that all goes away as well. So it becomes kind of a slog because you make a lot of progress and then you just lose it all. And the reason why it's so important is because the foraging and the crafting and everything requires you to scavenge a lot of materials. And so when you lose all of those, you realize that I have to go back and do all that scavenging all over again. And that's not, what do I want to say, fun. That's not fun. Imagine if you had to collect 50 grass... Like, just individual dried grass reeds in a world so that you could build a basic raft so that you could go off and light three beacons to get to the next area. But along the way, this pig decides to just slam into you, kills you, and you now have to go back and collect another 20 reeds. If, if you thought that the collection elements in a lot of games was extraneous, Windbound has it beat because... If you die in survivalist mode, you lose that. Good news is, though, you have a story mode where actually your boat survives, uh, your entire inventory survives, your backpack survives, all of that. So you don't have to go back and do all of that slog. So I actually suggest people do that just because, in terms of game flow, the survivalist mode just completely hinders the experience altogether. And that's a shame because when you get into the actual experience of Windbound, it's got some neat stuff going on for it. Like, for instance, the big thing is the sailing part. There is wind, 
that you will be able to use to catch your sails. You will be able to upgrade individual components of your boat. You eventually gain the ability as you unlock new crafting resources, chop down trees, etc., that you'll be able to use better resources to build decks as well as pontoons and sails so that you can go faster, so that they're more durable. You can even put on uh, spikes onto your boat to fend off any oceanic creatures that might try to jump onto your boat, give yourself more space, more stability, and this all works pretty darn well. That part is really, really good, and I did very much enjoy it. Even if there are some weird parts where if the wind catches your sails and you have like a fully upgraded sail and everything, it might just flip your boat right over. And then you have to upright it and get back onto the boat. But besides those sort of things, it reminded me a little bit of Wind Waker. And actually, the funny thing is, is that even the art style lends itself to Wind Waker. It has that same kind of look and feel. The thing about it is, is that I would never want to compare it to Legend of Zelda because it is not that. It is definitely trying to be a survival game. And I am back and forth on survival games. I think that on the outset, the idea of being able to try and forge your own destiny in a land that is harsh and ravenous is a very interesting idea. It's a very cool idea. But it does not seem to take very long before it goes from being a really cool idea where it feels very savage to just being a collection quest. The thing is, is that Windbound does become a collection quest, but you end up with its biggest issue of all the issues that it could possibly have, which is carrying capacity. You have slots in this game. It's not weight-based, but it's slot-based. From the outset, you only have a limited number of these slots, which are essentially your held items. You'll eventually get backpacks that will expand it out a little bit, but not only do you have those individual spots for all of the different kind of crafting components and your tools, and your ammunition, those all take up individual spaces, or masks and, uh, you know, robes, anything that you have for equipment, those are all on individual spaces. But then you also have some pretty limiting quantity stacks. Like, it's usually, for even basic things, 20 rocks, 20 grass... Etc. And then for some things like horns that you collect from the animals, which you might need for very important upgrades like your axe or your hammer, you can only stack like two at a time. It just gets kind of insane because you will constantly be doing inventory management. I, for the record, right now, am going to tell you I really hate inventory management when it feels like that is all I am doing. If I'm spending more time trying to determine what I need to drop and what I need to hold on to in a game than playing the game, you need to change the way inventory works. To mitigate this, they do try to give you options of putting some baskets on your boats as well. But in order to do that, you need better crafting resources. And in order to get those crafting resources, you need to be able to hold on to the crafting resources that you have so that you can build that. And if I don't have the space to hold on to those crafting resources, I can't build the things so that I can then create the baskets so that I can carry more things 
so that I can craft. It's just a very weird system. I would have been fine, probably, if we could just say that, okay, if it's grass, I just can carry 100 grass in a slot. Or if, no matter how many horns I have of this type, they just fill one inventory slot. That would have been very helpful. Or even if there were upgrades that you could have that would allow you to increase stack capacity. That would be fine, but you usually need so much of this to do anything. Like, you, you'll need so many sticks and so much grass just to build a fire and you're going to constantly need to do fires and drying racks so that I can cook my meat it just becomes really annoying having to constantly figure out not just collecting stuff but how I'm going to hold on to the things that I need to hold on to and not leave them on an island and have to try and come back for them later to make this a little bit more difficult too there is a degradation of a lot of your weapons and tools, as well as uh, your food starting to degrade and eventually become rotten. So you're on a bit of a timer here. Your fires will go out, etc. Your ships can get damaged and you might need to repair them. You will also start to get hungry and you will need to eat. So all of that's going on at the same time. Cool concept. Overall implementation, not great. The progression from one area to another is not very difficult to wrap your head around. Basically, when you get to a chapter, you will get a randomized island configuration, and there will be three beacons that you need to light. Some of these require a little bit more work than others. You might need to find a gong that will allow you to climb up to the beacon. But generally, as long as you can access those three and light all three of them, then you will be able to access the next area. If you've gone along and gotten a bunch of these crystals, which you can do by exploration, you will then, after you complete a chapter, go along this passage and at the end of that passage, which is uh, mostly just kind of narratively driven, it's like a walking simulator part, but it's with a boat, so it's a sailing simulator. The point is, after you get to the end of that little junction between one act and another, there will be a place where you could actually choose new boons to go in with for the next chapter, and you can actually buy some as well. It's a neat little system, and it works perfectly fine. As you go through levels, you will also uh, encounter new and more dangerous enemies, some that are incredibly frustrating, and some that are kind of fun, as well as resources that don't necessarily make themselves known for that same reason. So there is a steady progression from one act to another, and you might find that some things you really want to make or craft can't really be made or crafted until you get to a certain chapter, so it keeps you moving forward without getting too stagnated in any one particular act. Combat can be a little bit wonky, uh, just the way they implement your melee versus your ranged attacks. Uh, your ranged attacks need to be done on trigger buttons, but they can't be done while you're in lock-on, only your melee attacks can be done on lock-on, and if you move to a ranged attack, you go out of your lock-on for enemies, so you can't move around in the same way. It, it's a, 
it it needed refinement. I would have liked more of a Wind Waker system where I actually could use my melee or my ranged weapons while I'm locked on at the same time. This doesn't really do that. All that being said, you might get the impression that I was not really interested in this game, but I wanted to point out that it has some serious, serious flaws that make it not wonderful. But the things that it did do, it did very well. The sailing mechanics, as I had mentioned earlier, are really neat. The world design and the way it looks is really cool. I like the liquid physics of the water itself because you'll have like these craggly rocks that are underneath the surface of the water. And depending on whether you are at the height of a wave or at the low point of a wave will determine if you're going to hit those rocks. You might be sailing towards some very dangerous rocks, but then realize that if you can just catch the flow of that wave as it comes over, you will sail over it easily. And I really like the idea that once you move from just the one pontoon to getting a deck and another pontoon, that you're not like halfway over as the wind tries to pick on your sails and you're practically horizontal, but you'll have the deck that gives you stability between pontoons so that the wind will actually catch you a lot harder and you have the stability to stay upright in that same scenario. It's really neat how they do that. It felt very realistic to the physics of uh, actual wind and water, and that is the highlight of the game. There are some real challenges later on, especially when you get to like these ancient ghostly enemies that are coming at you. They can swarm you, which I found very annoying. In summary, though, Windbound has these glimmers of really interesting stuff that will propel you forward to play the game, but frankly has so many things that it's shooting itself in the foot on when it comes to the basic gameplay, that you'll wonder why you're trying to move forward. For a while, I thought that it might, from the look of it, be a kind of chill experience, like you would get from uh, like a Stardew Valley or a, a Slime Rancher, but it's not. There's a lot of combat involved in this. There's a lot of survival elements. And yes, I know that it's going to be important for people who are like me. There are sharks in later areas, although it's not like they're all that difficult to deal with. By the time you deal with them, you, you have a boat that can usually fly past them, uh, and all they want to do is just kind of like come up and ram your ship. It's not really a chill experience at all. It's more of a survival game, which sort of runs antithetical to the way the game looks and probably how it was marketed. In terms of other games that I would suggest that are similar to Windbound, frankly, I'm just going to say it, Wind Waker. I haven't played it in a very long time, but I can tell you that there's a lot more content there. It is a Zelda game. It is still one of the best Zelda games. I, I the, the whole concept about uh, sailing your ship and catching the wind and uh, sailing to these distant islands, that's, that's all in Wind Waker. Um, and unfortunately, even though I, I did like some things about Windbound, if it's trying to be Wind Waker, it is a pale and very sad imitation to that. 
there must be some ice melt because uh, my feet are indeed very wet and I am just trying to deal with that right now. Um, are your feet wet? You've already left? If you come back, could you get me some dry socks? Dry socks. Possibly if I could get a pontoon boat while I'm down here. That would be great. A raft. Is that a fin? Uh-oh. 